0: A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, financing at 3750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models in dealer stock the longest. An oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1320 2020 in dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through their Capital. Not all buyers are qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark.
1: on the rocks i'm
2: mav i'm santa (laughs) and i'm
3: mandy
1: and uh this episode is on a very glee christmas
3: which obviously (laughs) what better time to
1: talk about christmas than may
0: indiscriminate
1: date in may whenever this whenever this podcast is is you know uploaded all right we got so uh very glee christmas this is the 10th episode of season two it premiered on December 7th, 2010, and was viewed by 11, kind of 11.1 million people. So, starting to go back up. I'm going to consider this the Blaine Effect. Um, side note uh, this is the last episode before the be whole like winter break season pause sort of thing in between, like in the middle of season, um, which reminded me how much I fucking hated that when mm. um, watching live. So, See the little summary. Case anybody needs a little refresher on uh, on the episode itself. The Glee Club celebrates Christmas. Will saying that trees and gifts is not tr- the true meaning of Christmas. Um, they prepare a plan to help out the homeless children and raise money. While the Christmas season progresses, the Glee Club attempts to help Brittany forget about Santa as she has truth faith that he is real. When the Glee Club brings her to sit on Santa's lap and ask for a gift, she asks for Artie to walk again giving New Directions another problem to solve. Sue conducts a devious plan to destroy New Directions' Christmas, while Rachel tries to win back her lost love with Finn. Meanwhile, Kurt and Blaine exist happily over in Dolphin. This episode was written by Ian Brennan and directed by Alfonso Gomez-Reyon. So.
2: So it's Christmas in Who,
1: who has the Christmas spirit?
3: Uh, uh, me? If someone would
2: like you, to
3: ply me with presents, I'll find the Christmas carrot.
2: Yeah, something, something, stuff my stocking, something, something.
3: Sounds all right.
2: Fair enough.
1: So the best way I, the easiest way I split this up was sort of kind of go, going, This is what's going on in McKinley, and this is what's going on in Dalton, uh, which is I think how I'm going to end up splitting a lot of things as I watch them <laughs> uh, moving forward. As sort of just like a, here, here here are like two, like lines of of uh of store lines. here were two choices made i have to
3: say is is... <laughs> i have to
1: say, I've, i enjoy the christmas episodes just because they're for the fun. most part fun they're they do like every glee episode have have things that make you go seriously mm-hmm. starting, you know yeah fluffy and fun um my my first note that I have here, because um, my notes I just wrote as I was re- as I was watching, it, it was literally a whole rant on Emma, which I feel like is a slight deviation from my, my normal characterization mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. ranting on shoe. I actually mm-hmm. don't have a rant on shoe on
2: this episode. Wow. Impressive. I'm sorry. No, that's cool. It's, I know. It's different.
1: It's different. I felt I didn't want to, I didn't want to like, you know, pigeonhole myself. But yeah, I I felt Will acts like he always acts in this episode, not, not to just, I mean, just buffoonish and annoying, but I'm like, well, that's just him. So, but mm-hmm. what was frustrating to me was as soon as we were opening with the, the episode, you have Emma trying, trying to convince Will to come to her Christmas party, um, you know, and just kind of really wanting to be, to be close and get friends with him and despite the fact that she's now married and i just kind of wanted to just sit there and shake her a little bit partly one going you don't need him as a friend but also it's clear that he can't handle and or deal with this and you pushing it is not a good thing and in fact you should just kind of let that go Mm -hmm. but i think they write emma as such an idiot and so childlike um she is not it doesn't even really make her a person And I kind of, I was comparing that to to Brittany as far as just like you have this shtick of her being like a little dumb and a little ditzy And I feel Emma is that way, but more like on an innocent, not necessarily dumb, but more just like very innocent. And you've played on it so much that you've made this character, you know, unviable as a person because people aren't like this And it's infuriating and just... I like Emma in theory, but like just the opening of the episode with that frustrated me, and I ended up just kind of ranting. So mm. I, I just like how they lean in on a stick so hard that you that you destroy a characterization and make it not a character. And in and in today's episode, that that rant was focused on Emma.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think especially for this episode, Emma's a little bit of a caricature of herself, which did well sometimes because sue is also a character in this episode but it's funny mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. Emma, it's just sad well it's funny that
1: you well, I, I agree with it emma it is sad and it is sad in i think other episodes where it's almost like we need we don't know how to get her to do x because we've written her character so much to do y so mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't it doesn't work and with the way they've they've written her, it is, it is just kind of bad and pathetic in a way. And, yeah, I hate using those words as descriptors for Emma because I want to like her, but, but you guys aren't helping me with your writing. I,
3: yeah. I interesting that, that you say. Oh, yeah. I, I think that they were trying to show Emma as wanting to, like, maintain a friendship even mm-hmm. after a- Actually, I would have loved if Glee had done that once successfully. Had people, like, interested romantically. It didn't work for really valid reasons. They just left it alone and became friends eventually. That would have been, like, monumental for this show. Yeah. Um, The only time Glee actually did that well is when they actually just forgot two characters used to date. (laughs) (laughs) Which is quite the same thing.
1: They did that with Kurt and Mercedes.
3: But I feel like yeah.
1: circuit sex is there. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, it would be interesting if it was both romantically attracted, didn't work,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and then yeah, just the gift I Wonder if they forgot Tina and already dated, and that's why. That became I friends.
3: fully think that sometimes when they did that well, it's just because they couldn't bother remembering what their minor characters used to do. Yeah. They needed to have you know that uh that board that they were explaining like. Here's the new directions
1: like romantic relation or like the relationship entanglement board.
2: Yeah. They yeah. needed that like in the needed, writer's room.
1: They needed that in the writer's room.
2: Mm-hmm. Here are the lines to friendship. Here are the
1: lines to, uh, to dating. Here are people that have hooked up together. Here's who's cheated on who with two other people.
2: Yeah. Just to, to make their relationships more um, fleshed out. Because mm-hmm. it, it's interesting when two characters used to date and now they're just friends. And how that dynamic changes and how that dynamic even works.
1: And in many cases, it feels like for many characters when they
2: used to date and they're no longer dating,
1: they just don't have them interact. Um, Because I'm thinking of of like Quinn with Finn. I don't think she really interacts with him outside of when they were dating Mm, or mm -hmm. like breaking up. But like just casually, I don't think they really interacted
2: as friends um i mean yeah yeah. they hardly interacted when they were
1: dating there's that i guess it's kind of hard to interact outside of it too
2: it's hard to have two characters talk to each other when they have the same classes and the same activities and they're in the same glee club
3: they just have you know nothing in common no common ground there
2: no common ground they don't have the same friends they don't have okay i don't want to derail this
1: but i am totally about to uh, Finn and Quinn had way more in common than Rachel and Finn did. Oh yeah. So like, clearly they would have had like way more to talk about, and like way more to actually go and do. But you know, actually, do we see Rachel and Finn like having conversations of here's what we do outside of the club and high school? No, I, mean, I don't. I don't, think so.
2: don't think so.
3: The only thing I come so that are when they're expressly showing you that they don't have much in common like the the pig gift thing keeps coming into my mind like that they don't understand Mm. each other supposed to be the Mm -hmm. comedic value like look look how much he doesn't know her
1: look how dumb he is because he doesn't understand it's like that that's not that's not good noted all right well this has been a fun jump down and down talking about their the lack of Mm. character is characterization lack of fleshing characters out I mean, I'm not. I'm not quite sure what really set me off with this episode, because I mean, like I said, for the most part, I like all the Christmas episodes, and I liked this one. It just that literally just set me off. Oh. So um, I do think it's funny that you mentioned earlier, Mandy, that um, a shtick not working versus a shtick working. And you said, you know, Sue in this episode is funny, but um, in but for Emma, she's kind of pathetic. Mm-hmm. I got my other rant is is on Sue. Oh really? Are you trash talking
2: Sue?
1: I'm not trash talking Sue but okay so I'm pulling my rants up because I literally wrote it out. Um, For me her characterization felt way off.
3: Well I mean Um, yeah like me saying she's a caricature in this episode is definitely saying that this is not you know this is not characterization I'm going to hold accountable for other episodes. mm. because
1: I guess it was more I was assuming you were saying this is this is her playing into her characterization as opposed to you saying it's just she's they've taken an aspect of it and blown it out of proportion is
3: what I you're mean, saying. Yeah. And I think that's that's okay. something that I can forgive a show doing for episodes that I understand the motivation for it on. Like a Christmas episode is gonna be like a little bit set outside the norm because they're trying to do something like specific with it
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, yeah and that that makes me i guess more forgiving of some characterization but only when i see how it relates to the actual thing like sue being a grinch literally was you know sue being a grinch emma trying to force things with will did not contribute to that at all
2: yeah yeah especially because she had been very clear in a previous episode that like that made carl uncomfortable yeah. And she understood that it made Carl uncomfortable. And it hasn't been that much time, as far as we know, between that for, like, their marriage to settle and for her and Will's relationship t- to change enough to make it a little less weird. If she's like, come yeah. over to our house and have a Christmas party and let's all get drunk. And surely nothing weird will happen there.
3: Carl deserves right. better, Emma.
2: He's good to yeah. you.
3: Don't like good that. good to
2: you. Just relax. Good to
3: you. He helps you can probably get free dental care. Yeah. And uh, you're a teacher, Emma. Let's not turn your nose up at
1: that. Yeah. I know, right? You know, the, um, yeah, no, the rant, my my rant on Sue is just essentially like I felt her characterization is way off. And I just kept getting frustrated with her um, storyline of her stealing presents from like homeless children. Because I didn't feel I'm like that. That's not Sue. That's not what she would do. Cause she's mean, but she's, not mean to people that are like super that are already like down and out and have their own problems because you've we've seen her with kurt um and we've seen her like uh with her sister um and i feel like i could her rigging the uh the the um secret santa so that everybody has to give her presents 100 percent a soothing mm-hmm. and her saying those presents are now all mine i'm now mm-hmm. going to take them. Also, could totally see her doing it when they're like, We're going to give these to to children that don't have much, and she's like, No, I'm taking them. That's when I was like, Okay, but that's not that's not her, that's like not what she would do, and that that made me frustrated. I do, I do appreciate her dressed up as the cringe with Becky as Max. I found that (laughs) hilarious. I mean, I was just like, Well, that's just ridiculous that she would like literally put just put all that makeup on her to go steal the presents, but I appreciate it i was amused as hell for that
2: it does seem to feed the episode more than it feeds character development
1: it does and i mean i i get mandy your point especially when saying like this is an, an almost an episode out of time yeah you know, because we're like yeah. this is more and for i just general assume... audience being able to enjoy as well i'm assuming right
3: i assume the christmas episodes are not things that i mean like it they don't move anything along. They're strictly like, how can we shoehorn in Christmas references and Christmas songs? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only thing that happened, actually, not, did anything happen in this episode that moved any storyline permanently along? Yes. No. Well, what? Resi- okay, I, I, I realize that they didn't yes. sing together, but that's still I, not like...
1: <laughs> no, I will I will argue, and I will that that they did 100% move some of kurt and blaine's characterization yeah, I, I mean the outside only of, outside of just being a, just having a duet so i will say yes i feel kurt's comment about saying uh when when asks, asked is that someone special and he says no we're just friends but i like i want him to be um and on the upside he's at least gay is movement of saying of of actually saying hey Kurt actually
3: has a crush on this man. It's it's a minor movement. Like if you took this episode out of the Kurt and Blaine story, it wouldn't affect you understanding their story, which is kind of my definition for like, does it you know does it do anything permanent? Like you could you could take away Kurt saying that because he's gonna say it again multiple other times in other episodes. Yeah, but not not don't love it. <laughs> That's just my argument for like why sh- why Sue didn't bother me that much. Because and it I think,
2: didn't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the impermanence of this episode is also in like all of a sudden, Artie can walk, and then yeah,
4: walk,
2: and then and the it's rewalk never
4: is again.
2: <laughs> never this like thousand dollar piece of equipment is never used again. Yeah, and they they, they do mention
1: actually it. mention it in another episode.
2: They do, but they mention it in such like a bullshit way, like oh, it broke the next day. Like okay, yeah, yeah. come on, it's... Tiny Tim, like what the fuck?
1: Well, that was that was the last rant I had. <laughs> it's on Artie, um, uh, which I think we should just save. like three yes. paragraphs of rants, broken by like a couple like one-liners. Mm-hmm. I'll save that rant for the end.
2: No, no, I think we okay. should save the joy of Curtin Blaine for the end. Yes, because Curtin
3: okay. Blaine
1: rant
2: is Yeah, I think we should get all of our like Brittany Artie rants out of the way because I want to save the joy cool. of Baby It's Cold Outside.
1: I can do. I can do that. Okay. All right. So. Can we all just take a moment and discuss Artie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I get that Brittany just wanted to help Artie, but I also feel this storyline was so clumsily. Um, there was just, I feel the, there was intention, and then there's execution. And I feel like the intention here is to, to show something, like, happy and, like, sort of makes everybody, like, warm and fuzzy on the inside, but you didn't really... You can do that. Um, I I kind I kind of appreciated the way they handled Brittany still believing in Santa because I feel like that could have easily been played for like um, mean laughs
0: mm-hmm. and just
1: sort of like disillusioning her. It is another nail in the why won't you let her actually be like a full grown person? But um, at the same time, I'm like okay, well at least we're leaning in on on she believes in Santa, so let's allow her to keep that um which i thought was nice but the way they want her the way they, the way they basically go okay she's going to ask fanta to um to have arty walk and so therefore we're going to put this whole storyline together where she loses some faith and she gets it back and at the end arty gets to walk it's like i i don't yes i get i get where you think that that sounds heartwarming, but. I don't want to assume for those who are differently abled. So I'm I'm not trying to assume, but based off of my understanding of a lot of the arguments that I've seen as far as how, you know, differently abled bodies are depicted in media is stop trying to put a focus on having us being able to do certain things that able bodies do. Like we can do a lot of other shit and we can also fully, you know, able to do stuff It Everything doesn't revolve around being able to save them Mm because that's not they don't necessarily need saving. And that's what I felt that this was was like Brittany saying, hey, you need to be able to walk. So I'm going to do that. And even though that was done from a positive, you know, place, it was not handled well, in my opinion. Does this all make sense?
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I disagree that I liked the Britney thing because it for me Britney still believing in Santa is such like it points so much towards her being uh dumb. <laughs> I can't think mm-hmm. of a better word at the moment, but like her, it, her naivete about things was like such it, so highlighted here in that she's a grown, well, she's not grown, she's a teenager, but she's at least 16 or 17 still believing in Santa and yet she's out she's also doing adult things like having sex with other people and operating in the world but she believes in Santa and everyone around her is totally behind this like let's let's keep lying to this girl who's supposed to be our friend and just letting her live a lie
3: yeah i mean it's
2: so weird like the older i get yeah. the madder i get about it like god tell these fucking people the truth jesus stop lying to them for no reason
3: it's uncomfortable and that? i don't think i've ever found it this uncomfortable uh like watching individual episodes in the past yeah never stood out to me how consistently they swap between um or I guess how inconsistently they swap between her being sexual and like mature in that sense and yeah. having them a the child. Yeah. Like, I think I the party storyline is not cute to me because I'm like, you are having sex with her, but also yeah. acknowledging that she's not even at the level of knowing Santa's
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you guys on, on on that, which is probably why I say like there's the it's a nail it's another nail in the coffin of why wouldn't you let her be a person? Because you're so focused on making her a bimbo that it's like you've gone too far. I just like that it wasn't played for me last and it was almost done as like, all right, well, we're going to be supportive of some sort. I disagree. I agree with you guys that like you probably should actually not, that's not the right supportive you should be, but I yeah. think it was sweet. I mean, I would um, think it, it was very been,
3: sweet if she weren't also having sex with him. <laughs> like Fair. Where like it's Brittany isn't mature enough to understand Santa isn't real, and yet we have jokes about her being like drugged and having isn't wasn't that the the reference in an earlier episode drugged and yeah. Rape. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. like
2: like the this, alien crawled into her tent,
3: yeah, this should not be like a thing that is used for humor if you know. But yeah, it if, would it'd be if, sweet if not for that. If Glee could actually have maintained any consistency with it,
1: I think the thing I think the thing there is, um, it's the dichotomy of you're making her childlike while also giving her not childlike activities. Mm-hmm. So it is very upsetting to some people to go, "Wow, I'm seeing this person as a child, but you guys are not treating her like." which is that's like a
2: lot <laughs> yeah i don't know but it's just a lot it's like and even going so far as everyone goes to sit on santa's lap and ask for things and no <laughs> nobody's just like they break into her house not break in but you know they even her parents are behind it like yeah she still believes in santa because we're not good parents yeah Because you can still be, like, a kind, sweet person and understand that Santa is a myth. They aren't mutually exclusive.
3: I mean, that would even make for, like, a better storyline to me if Brittany was, like, I want to, like, aspire to be what Santa is. And she was just a really positive person who wanted to give people gifts.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean.
2: Are we just cold-hearted people?
3: Maybe so.
1: Maybe.
2: Maybe. Amen. I mean, I I
1: know okay. who I am. I do have I do have a despite my my thoughts, opinion that they were being sweet. I do dislike parents leaning into Santa. I understand that some parents go. I have their arguments are you know, it's a lot. It's it's easier, and I'm like cool. I'm not a parent, but also I sort of feel like you don't need to lie. To it mm-hmm. <laughs> could just be like Santa is you know spirit of Christmas, which means this ta <laughs> like i don't know i don't think you need a lie is say it's an actual person but you know mm-hmm. so i i basically i agree with you guys on how she uh how her parents like it she's a terrible parents we could have said something that being
3: um <laughs> especially because before just recently, like 16
2: yeah like we just saw her believe in a magic cone too
3: yeah they leaned in really hard on the naive britney
2: it just, like... And,
3: and I feel like in later seasons, it, she's not necessarily as naive as she is just dumb.
0: Well, yeah. I just
1: will have to wait to see. But, like, because I, I don't remember her feeling quite as naive as she does here. Because this is very in, this is dumb but innocent. And I feel like in other seasons, it's just dumb. But I
2: will wait. I'll wait to see what is like, fully said. It. You know, some of her non-sequiturs that she says, and I can't actually think of one right now. But her little, like, asides where she says random things where she gets words wrong or like that that's one level of her and then there's believing in magic homes and santa claus and there's just like a a wide gap between what's funny and what's kind of sad
1: yeah no i mean i think that i think we all know people that are at heart very i want to say i want to say not innocent but um have, have that sort of sweet spirit and wanting to think the think positively on mm-hmm. everybody and everything and and have that sort of, of thing that surrounds them where it's like, I'm going to, I was, if it was Disney, but like the best parts of Disney, not like the, the working people to the bone and make money off of on Disney, but like the, the magic of Disney as a person and as a personality, where mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, cool. I understand there are dark sides to people and society, but I'm just going to try to always be somewhat positive and think hopeful, happy things, and be and be continually, you know, inspired and and pleased when happy things, when good things happen. We all know people like that, but yeah. they're also like full people and don't necessarily believe in in magical cups. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know if it's because um, we can't write that we're just gonna go so far over the edge or it's like, okay, uh, the glee does what they always do, which is let's we've made a personality type for Brittany, which is dumb kind of blonde bimbo, but we're going to lean so hard onto certain parts of that where mm-hmm. it's literally pushed off a cliff. Where it's like, you've, you've leaned so hard into that one particular aspect of her being naive that you've literally forgot every other part of this characterization. And so now it's just this stereotype of a certain thing certain emotion or yeah. personality trait. uh it's, i think Brittany is one of the best ones to to showcase how poorly they do characterization
2: yeah it's i agree with that bad. it's pretty uh it's pretty bad
1: yeah and this doesn't even kind of go into again as we're just talking the whole the whole you know nature of what she asked for which is I know. No, yeah, you're totally I thought that was also clumsily handled.
2: No, no, I, I definitely agree with showing Art like arties cannot be defined by whether or not he walks. And is it right for a group of um, able-bodied writers to like the best gift he could receive is to walk? It like honestly, it yeah. would have been a
3: really good moment if they had spun that and had Brittany really want that, and then had an episode where Artie was like, "Here's why, it's okay, Brittany. Yeah. Like, here's the other perspective of that," and made that his storyline.
2: Yeah, yeah. agree. I would
3: have, lo- I would have loved that. If where yeah. Artie
1: to say, "I don't like, I don't need to walk. I need other spaces to be more open to how I get around." Because I can get around. Homeboy does does like dances in his um right. yeah. in his wheelchair on the stage. Like, he's he's able to do shit. He just needs the world to be more accommodating for more yeah. than just yeah. People that walk. Um, I think that would have been a really interesting storyline. If they so really wanted to go into Artie Walk, I would have liked to have actually seen him say he wants to.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise I'm like And even then, I'm still going to go, You still had an entire, you know, writing staff of able-bodied people having a, having a, somebody who's differently abled, uh, talking about how badly they want to be able to walk. I I still question that.
2: But, um. Especially because Kevin McHale can walk. Yeah. You know? Like, later on, Ali Stroker will be in the, um, what was that? The Glee, uh, oh my god, what was it even called? I guess the Glee Project.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And because she's on my mind because I just saw Oklahoma and she was fantastic. And
4: the mm-hmm.
2: show, it doesn't, doesn't reference her being in a wheelchair. It just makes slight accommodations for her to be able to perform like everybody else. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it, because later on she'll have a guest appearance on the show as someone who is in a wheelchair. It highlights the, the problem of Kevin McHale being Artie. Which, you know, mm-hmm. it's far too late. I don't think they would do it today. If they I don't think it. Kevin would do it today. No, agreed. Yeah, I don't think Kevin would take the role today. I think he said
3: that before.
2: Yeah. And I I get that. Uh, but yeah, so having his, uh, RD's girlfriend's biggest wish being that he could walk and that her, she's not, <laughs> she's not all there. It's just, it, yeah, it's got a weird, yeah. it's got a weird tone. And I feel like I don't have the vocabulary to really get at it properly mm-hmm. but yeah no it... But
1: it also is it's also another one of those but then at the end of the day like they don't even do anything with it mm-hmm.
4: yeah no they so don't. it's
1: not it's not like you know okay already got a rewalk which is a couple thousand dollars and can walk and now that's going to be a storyline where he you get to explore what that's like for somebody that's differently abled on, how you figure out to maneuver in Mm -hmm. a world that's built literally for just like able-bodied people and um okay that is a very nuanced conversation that i do not trust these writers to be able to handle but that is an idea but it's literally just like we're gonna have Artie walk because that's gonna make everybody's heart happy to see somebody who's differently abled finally get to walk because that's what people should really want to be able to do, and I'm like, that's literally what you're writing is for, and yeah. I just, I just have some, I have some issues with that, and I think you could have, like, it's a sweet sentiment that was not handled at all of thinking of other groups of people. Oh yeah, it makes me. Um, maybe I like, I like, maybe I like what you said, having, having her really want that, and and already be, giving already the ability to them. Talk about, you know, why he doesn't need it. I think that would have been a very interesting, and then that would have been a fabulous way to, like, totally, you know, go, "Hey, I don't need this. It's okay that Santa wasn't able to bring it to me. Here's why." You could have acted up that way, and it would have been would have been great. Yeah. Oh wow.
2: Well. Could have, should have, would have. The tagline mm-hmm. for Clay.
3: And what a shame should've that that. That's the last issue we'll ever have with a Glee Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, How dare I, you! I, I'm going to also throw in one one last great right, before we before we shift to Dalton. Um, Rachel in this episode,
4: mm-hmm. I just have a
1: note here that says, "Rachel, if you were a dude, this would be uh, this would be harassment and a me too situation." <laughs> yeah. I need you to yeah. stop trying to make Finn happen. And I do I do feel maybe not maybe not quite a meat hashtag me too. I was just frustrated watching her because I wanted no, no, to know that nice but, yeah, um, but I'm like if it were
2: Yeah, if it were a dude pursuing uh a female character the way that she is going after Finn and like getting him to meet her places alone when he did, clearly doesn't want to and touching him. Be like, romantic. Yeah, when he yeah. doesn't seem to want to like it. And then being upset and vindictive when he's not like yes that would be yeah considered harassment especially
1: when all. when that character is mad at you because you cheated on them yeah. like i i i'm like no this this is i need you to i need you to basically everything you're doing this episode i need you to not
2: mm. yeah i need you to understand how this comes across but and then it also really across. just yeah, like, the other characters don't look at her and go, hey, could you chill? For, like, give the man some breathing room. Yeah. He's Seriously. not into you right now. Let it go. He just, he just doesn't want... Just not that into you. He's
1: right just now. not that into you, Rachel. Um,
2: Someone didn't watch um, sex.
1: Clearly not. Um, but yeah, it, it it angered me and I felt bad for Finn. And then, and then the end of the episode came and they have Finn making, like,
2: like, Eyes at Rachel,
1: and I'm just like, god damn I'm, I'm angry at
2: those. Of course they did, though. So, cause they're, yeah. They're the couple that Glee wants to make happen, whether or not it feels right,
3: whether or not anyone else,
2: anything, whether or not any. And you know, I understand there are plenty of Finchel shippers out there. Uh, that's that's on you guys. I just, I, ha- I have, I have nothing season. against the
1: ship, as like, I it's just always frustrating because it didn't make sense. It but I'm not gonna, sense. I'm not gonna sit here and root for them for a different relationship to happen. I'm just going to bitch about it. That's just how it is. Yeah. I'll gonna bitch, but I'm
2: not going to. Especially because so often I just think of Rachel as the kind of character who puts, or or who I expect to put uh, career and self above relationships. Mm-hmm. And she kind of hints at that a couple times where she's like, if if you're not going to help me, I'm going to do it alone. So then when mm-hmm. when she fawns over Finn in a way that affects her capabilities as like a strong, independent woman who wants to be a Broadway star and will do anything to get it, it just feels like, Rachel, what do you... do? Go yeah. pursue your dreams, goddammit. Stop fawning over this, dude. Just go.
1: They they seem to facilitate between Rachel as the strong woman who's like, this is my dream, and yeah. this is my goal, and nothing will stop me, and the insecure teenager girl who needs to have a... Um, the most popular boy as her boyfriend and, and validation from him. Yeah. And I can, i in some cases, I guess I can understand why there might be some of that at the beginning because Rachel's a teenage girl and society tells her that she needs to have a boy to approve of what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I also feel strongly that the way they've talked about her parents would have uh, instilled a sense of, you you like you are you are whole and good you can do everything on your own because you're perfect yeah so i i would i do feel like there is a lot of um lot of issue with that because i agree with you that ultimately i see her as somebody that's like i'm going to do this i'm going to be a star and yeah,
2: without you nothing
1: will stop you. me and nothing will stop me
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and then so yeah when she is more of the insecure teenage girl i'm, I'm just like well that's a choice. hmm That I was not expecting. Okay.
2: That's one way to do it. I guess.
1: A, I nope. guess. So any other thoughts and feelings we have on McKinley?
2: Um I thought it was funny that Katie oh. Lang sings for Sue.
1: Mm-hmm. Um I like that. I will say I did I get, I have a note here that says kudos for a non traditional Santa question mark. hmm mm-hmm. So I was like I was like, okay. I'll give you some points for literally you didn't need to have it be a band on traditional Santa.
4: But you did.
1: Oh, now
2: are I'm... we gonna yeah. Okay. Are we gonna come back to the rest of the songs? Do we wanna talk about Klain and then come back to the rest of the songs or just talk about the songs and then still end with Clayne?
3: Oh, um, if we talk about the rest of the songs now, that's kind of like wrapping up the whole McKinley section.
2: Yeah. Do you wanna do that? Because I, I kinda hate these songs. And I'm <laughs> I'm someone who will listen to Christmas songs around christmas not i mean maybe it's cold outside i'll listen to it whenever and i'll fight you on this but the rest of these songs are like they're boring and there are better fucking christmas songs out there than island of misfit toys and we need a little christmas uh, last christmas is kind of fun i guess even though again it's a little weird that she's stalking him through um a christmas tree patch <laughs> yeah and mean one Mr. Which, Grand by was- the way that's um,
1: that's a scary movie then. It-
2: It is. It really is. I was expecting her to come out with an axe, but like the other songs that the Glee Club sings, like, no wonder no one is giving you any money to help these kids. (laughs) Could you sing some better Christmas songs, please? And that's all. all,
3: They were all very forgettable to me. Yeah.
2: And I know, you know, they have three, four more Christmas episodes where they do sing more classic and, and better christmas songs but like there's a reason some of these songs are classics and some of these songs you've never heard in your life
1: um, yeah, i'm pretty sure even when um the radio stations play non-stop christmas music they don't even play some of these songs
2: they yeah they only well and you know uh, talking about well i don't know how to phrase this as a spoiler but like you know talking about glee in current pop culture Maybe It's Cold Outside is still one of the Glee covers that I will hear around Christmas.
3: Yeah, I hear that at least once uh-huh. every Christmas.
2: Yeah, which I think is great. It's nice that there are things that kind of stick around in pop culture when right now I think it's so very disposable. that, Like, I will miss entire genres of music because I didn't listen to the radio for three months.
1: And, you're, and then you come out of it and you're like, wait, that was a thing that just entirely happened?
2: Yeah, like, wait, this was a whole thing that people were in love with, and I never heard of it. I'm not that old. No. Know? I'm not that old. Anyway, so uh, these other songs felt forgettable, and they felt like they could have done better. Agreed. But anyway, agreed. Dalton. And
1: I feel like a lot, I, of, a lot of Christmas songs have to be in, like, public domain. so I'm not quite sure how they were, like, couldn't, unable to find Christmas, I, know. But, all I right. know.
2: So really, the point of this entire episode comes down to these, what, four minutes of episode out of 22? Uh,
1: I forgot how little. I know. I thought, I kept waiting for us to go back, and we didn't, and I was like, wait, what?
2: But you know what? It felt good. We didn't need to go back. Those four minutes. I'm not saying they were enough, because it's never enough claim, but, like, mm.
3: Sometimes you just need to stop and be grateful that Glee did a good thing and then stopped after the nice thing. Yeah. Before they ruin it? Yeah, before they ruin it. Like, this was a good scene.
2: It was, it's so charming, and it's so warmly shot, and it's so flirty and weirdly sexy, which is odd for, like, two high school dudes. I mean, we know they're grown-ass adults in real life, but they're playing high school. Yeah. And it's so, like, out of time in this (laughs) poinsettia-filled... A library that nobody else is in he's got like a boom box that he brings in there's a reason that
1: As Blaine because Blaine travels this way
2: he just travels with a boom box and a tape player like and and you buy it and you're like yes this is exactly how this kid rolls and you're like,
1: that sounds like Blaine That sounds this sounds
2: right it's so uh, they sound so good again they picked a song that worked for them I'm not gonna get into the argument about whether or not "Baby It's Cold Outside" is a creepy song because I—that's a discourse I just don't care about. Unless yeah, you guys feel have that fight I about know. whether or not "Baby It's Cold Outside" is creepy.
3: Not really. I just want to enjoy the song for a mm-hmm. really thing.
2: Just let I, me can
1: have a nice. I know, can I say one? Can I say one thing on this? Yes. On that? I'll leave it. Growing up, I thought it was a really, like creepy song, and I hated it. Um, And because Kurt and Blaine sing it, I I kind of did a little bit more okay let me think about this a bit more and I think people look at the lyrics of the song and go oh my god it mm-hmm. missing the underlying tone of she doesn't want to go exactly and even though there are some lines that are clearly of the time that that, that is the joke at that point like is there something in the drink like that's not a line that's funny now Um, But I always took that more as alcohol than, like, you know, anything worse than that. And I'm pretty sure it's not one like. Let's let's just talk about you know, gate rape drugs in a in a Christmas song anyway. So Mm
0: -hmm. we're
1: obvious. We're all taking that too far anyway. But the point is, she doesn't want to go, and that's I think when people get really angry at the song, you're missing that underlying point. And while some of the lines may be much for our current thoughts and feelings on this because we're battling with a lot of issues in patriarchal society and making women do things they don't want to do. Yeah. She didn't want to go.
2: But it's also missing the cultural context that at the time, she couldn't say, let's bone. Yes. Because of patriarchal requirements.
1: Exactly. So she was saying, oh, I got to go, even though I want to say things with you. And he's like, here are reasons. Yeah. So, if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, this song's terrible, I'm like, I thought that all growing up. But <laughs> I think part of it was just because I was looking at literally the words and mm-hmm. not actually
3: what was trying to be said.
2: If you think it's all terrible, that's fine. I'll listen to it for you.
3: The only exactly. thing cautious of with that song are men who defend the lyrics a little too passionately. <laughs> yes,
2: that's that's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's fair.
4: If they're taking it a little
1: too seriously. Yeah. Um, that being said, the Kurt um, playing this. Oh no, I've got to go. And literally, Blaine just like hop scooting across the back of the couch. I know.
2: So like, all was-
1: is no. adorable as hell, and you will not tell me otherwise. Mm-hmm. The
2: choreography in this performance is just so fantastic. It's so casual but intimate, and. I don't know how many times they rehearse, but there's like little movements each of them do that are very specific to their characters. That... Well, then that also goes, did, you, did the choreographer
1: go, okay, I want you to do X, Y, Z, or mm-hmm. is that more on on um, actor going, okay, I'm going to take this movement where I go across the room and I'm going to do X, Y, Z,
3: because that's what Kirk
2: would do. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I have all those questions. I don't know. We'll have to ask them one day.
3: we we get Zach Woodley on What's the show. It? Yeah, that would Zach,
2: be really
1: That would be really fun, Zach, if you're listening, because I'm sure you are. Oh, um, would like you. We have thoughts and questions and feelings. Um, no, just P- please this entire, explain this entire song. Is just, it's just so sweet and, and you adorable. Get,
2: you know, we're talking about forward momentum of the characters in the plotline. Like, you do get that moment at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Well, you get you get when Kurt says they'd never let the two of us do this together. Mm -hmm. You see Blaine clocking what he accidentally means. And then at the end, you absolutely know that Blaine is like, oh shit, I'm into this guy. And it's over.
3: See, I'm not entirely convinced that Blaine gets it yet. yet. Mostly because of a thing in an episode coming up that makes me think he's probably wouldn't have done if he knew Mm. that one scene that i texted you both about to say holy crap i forgot this was a thing
2: (laughs) yeah um my memory i yeah yeah i mean yeah no spoilers because it's such a hilariously awful scene that i can't wait to talk about it (laughs) which i love that scene it's so like it's yeah the secondhand embarrassment just makes me cry a little bit but no that is a good point
1: i I hate secondhand embarrassment but apparently
2: well maybe it's not maybe it's not blaine who noticed something maybe it's the actors
1: Mm. maybe well see that's what i have i have a a note here i said okay so by now they're definitely want to play up the flirting because Mm -hmm. the entire song even though they're like ah ha ha they're doing it in character they didn't need to go like they didn't need to go this hard, but they went this hard. <laughs> that so, I agree with you. Yeah. Um it, whether at some point, you know, last week, um I mean, it was like before, we talked about when we thought that the writers wanted to make claim a thing versus, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise. Um, but do we think this was part of that or was this just part of a a setup to say, Hey, we want to show Kurt getting a an unrequited crush on his um an advisor but like his um mentor yeah thank you on his mentor and then maybe blaine as his mentor you know kind of uh helps him navigate through his you know his emotions to go okay no that's not that's not how i see you and then you know you can kind of any whole occur eventually move on and get a boyfriend um so this i'm trying this is what when i look at it, i go, this is flirty is this uh, Chris and Darren? are playing them flirty is this um the writers going we want kurt to have a crush on blaine that's going to be unrequited flirty or is this oh god these two these two actors have have chemistry and work well together we're going to just make this a thing and it's just going to we're going to build up this Kurt and blaine storyline and blaine's just going to be and blaine is just going to be an idiot and that's in that real life because that's how i see women i was just like i love kurt kurt's the best (laughs) <laughs> and going on about him and everybody else is like yeah we know you're in love with him and he just is completely oblivious that's maybe basically
2: how i see all of it hmm? maybe it's a little bit yeah. of all of it maybe just confluence but... like actor chemistry writers realizing actor chemistry the needs of the plot some horny ad exec someone's someone had had no someone's <laughs> Some you know someone's cousin yeah. is a fan of uh so and so and they are like you know what you know what I need to see
1: uh-huh. <laughs> I need to see them I need to see them uh um being flirty and and, and cute yeah
2: really? Murphy was just yeah, having it was a just... really good day
1: yeah, it's just it, it watching it makes me go there's it this is clearly obvious flirting and no in no way, yeah, and they didn't need to go that hard with with how they're flirting with each other and i'm assuming i do believe there are little touches and little things that chris and darren did with the characterizations of kurt and blaine and kurt and Blaine that mm-hmm. were unique to them um because i think I, there are there are times where you can literally see darren mouse the word kiss and he gets like a kiss on the cheek and it's not in the script but it's like it's just a cute little thing that they like they did as sort of like oh just to establish we're our, our what our you know relationship was as and blame. And I so I know they do that, but I didn't I don't know if they would have so early. So mm-hmm. I feel like okay, maybe there's a little bit more of just the writers or the pe- or the directors or the people on set realizing this the way they the way they we play off of each other is really good. We should just pu- keep pushing it. And then eventually and I, I, at some point, I wish I knew, like, this is the episode where they went, cool, scrap anybody else that we're going to do for Kurt. Apparently, this is what we're doing. <laughs> I wish there was an easy. I wish there was an episode that you could, like, see that. But, like, I don't know. I don't know when they, I mean, technically, I guess, um, the original song is when they go, cool, scrap that, this is what we're doing. But I feel like they would have figured that out before before that episode.
2: Yeah, I would think so. Holy, never fucking you know. know it's 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 a it's a name, maybe not. Yeah, you never know.
1: Never know. Well,
2: fair enough. Anyway,
1: all I all I really have here is be- I have uh, the the bit about asking about flirting, and that this is the beginning of our Christmas duet. It is it, the first duet they ever sing together. Um, also, it's the best in this episode. Oh, it's the it's best song in yeah. this
2: episode. It's one of the best songs in the series, and I'll fight people for that. It really is one of their best duets because it's so. It I agree. It fits like where they are in their relationship. It fits the story. It fits the their voices because a couple of their songs, you're like this, especially in later seasons where things are getting really rushed and like slapdash, half ass or,
1: or even candles. I I love original <laughs> song. I hate yeah. their duet.
2: So I like, know. What the
1: fuck? <laughs> it's really hard to hate a claim
2: song, but man, that's pretty well trounced in the fandom.
1: like why. So, yeah, and this is, I think, I will agree. This is one of the top three duets that they, sing, that they sing. And and it fits everything.
2: I know, dog. I know.
1: Yeah. Sorry about that.
2: Same buddy. Same buddy.
1: She was very excited about, about the Kling duet. And my <laughs> dog wanted me to pass along her thoughts and feelings. And that she got very excited.
2: I mean, Wesley was scratching Talking at the door earlier. It.
1: <laughs> uh, if only if only everybody listening knew the le- the the frustrations and levels <laughs> we go to in to home podcasting that also take out animal intervention. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, that was not any of us like discussed or thought about when we're like, let's do this. How do we do this around <laughs>
2: How do we shut That's- them up? We don't. <laughs> and
1: there have been many, many a time where I feel like we've we've been like, well, animals is going to animals. So we're just going to have to power through. Just
2: just keep talking. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, or like I'm continually pausing my, I'm not pausing, I'm muting myself so I can throw a ball when I'm not talking. Mm
4: -hmm. Because somebody's Mm -hmm.
1: decided I'm me now. So, yeah. Yeah, For those of you out there who are curious on me how to back end of this whole thing (laughs) works... There's a little peek behind the curtain.
2: It's a lot of yelling quietly at our animals.
1: And 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 good editing on the and other like, end to make it seem like we're not.
2: Occasionally, like, knocking things off and dropping microphones. And it's good times.
1: Uh, I, I just assumed everybody that podcasted just, like, did it straight through with a, a minimal editing. And then realizing later, like, oh, no, no, mm-hmm. people don't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. It's fake.
1: This is a random jaunt down that, that line. Um jump back into how to jump we'll jump back into the some, some things on podcast in a second. But I do want to make sure we're done with talking about Dalton. And do we have I'm any never, I mean we're
3: never I'm done talking about, with I realized after I said that, that, that that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for this episode we've covered everything. Yes. Noted. That's a good that's a good amendment, yeah.
2: Because um, you know, so little happens. It's just that singing, and yeah. Uh, It's it's just so sweet. All right,
1: I mean, do I need to ask what our favorite song was? I feel like Uh,
3: pretty self-explanatory there. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think
1: so. And also pretty
2: Um, self-explanatory that I hate the rest. (laughs) Not even going to give you a um, second-choice song.
1: uh, I'm not going to ask for a... Before I give me give me a give me your favorite song other than this one i might be that person um i do have a fun fact that in the episode um uh, when mike was was sitting on santa's lap um he wishes for channing tatum to stop being his stuff yes that's my favorite line uh, uh fabulous because harry Shum was in uh step up too with channing tatum and i find i just find that
2: yep.
1: obviously now that i ruined emily's favorite line doesn't mean that i was managing her favorite line?
3: Um, I actually liked the line where Shu is like, "You don't hate Christmas," and Sue says, "No, I just hate you."
2: Yeah, That's a good one too.
3: Yeah, good line. Um,
2: no Shu, I just see. hate
1: you. <laughs> I think it's fair. Same, same Sue. Same. Um, so, what did we? What did we think on the the um, Artie scale? I mean, he he had a pretty prominent like storyline.
3: Yeah,
2: it was not a bad
3: one. was he well. N- Screen time wise, it was not a bad already episode.
2: Was so that like a four yeah, out four.
3: of a five? Yeah. yeah, I'd say four out of five.
2: Because he didn't get a, he didn't get like his own song. He didn't, he and like I disagree.
1: Song. I mean, and I and I can see why maybe some of us be like, you know, you're, you're, you're treating your girlfriend like a child, and that's kind of crazy. Yes. <laughs> so we'll give you a four because you you had you had some headlines. Mm-hmm. And you had your character had plot in this episode, which is apparently where our you know where our lines are for like what we're looking for here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then uh Klein deck
2: mm this is I mean it was such minimal time, but it was such good time, yeah, just like a six or a seven out of ten
3: I I, I, I would say six, yeah, I think quality over quantity in this case,
2: okay, all right.
3: Because there are times we get a lot of them, and we're like, "Well, that was worthless."
2: That's not the claim I asked for. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh God, that was a refrain I ended up saying a lot at some point.
2: <laughs> it gets bad, you guys. It gets
1: bad. Sorry, spoilers.
2: Sorry, Clain is amazing all the time, right? Like
1: fake I it exists. It's all fine. Um,
2: yeah, all
1: fine. right. Do we have any any last thoughts or feelings on this uh this episode
2: um yes that i think one else will agree with but the very last scene where sue has decorated schuster's house was just like my deep dark secret of they go from enemies to friends to lovers and it really set up if that had been the trajectory of them this would have been that episode where like well they've gone from enemies to friends because she you know she had her grinch change of heart and she gave him a christmas and they had that shared a little they shared a moment together
3: i mean that that would have made sense if they started to do that
2: yeah so in my in my mind this is the the turn of their relationship into act two from from enemies to friends and then act three comes like season four where they shift into a relationship
1: God, i can't i can't i can't like a...
2: <laughs> this why my deep dark secret don't don't look at me what do the kids say don't at me
1: how are you doing, fellow kids?
2: My fellow kids. <laughs> I gotta go ice my knee. All right.
1: Well, um, I think that's all we have for the episode. Didn't we have some um, podcast on a whole update that we want to run through?
2: Oh yes, we do. Um, we have uh, updates, I guess. We finally, I guess, after much consideration, as much as we consider anything ever have set up a patreon account because why not because all the cool kids do it so it's literally just patreon.com slash glee on the rocks and there's a couple low-level tiers with some we're going to do some first listen access to the podcasts as they come out and you know user only content and news as we have those things and then we're going to do some giveaways So you'll get like entries to our giveaways. We're going to have like Glee swag and other pop culture swag that we have accumulated over the years as being uh, pop culture weirdos. And we have a lot. We've got a lot of stuff hanging around. And then um, kind of one of the higher tiers that we are going to do are some mini episodes where we will produce some shorter 10 to 20 minute episodes covering current uh, Glee news because it's been 10 years and yet Glee still shows up in pop culture and, uh, you know, covering things that the cast is doing up to date stuff with the cast, like new songs and new music and new movies and, and things of that nature. So the point of the Patreon is we would like to shift from our kind of free, uh, Service where we record this podcast to a much better paid service called Zencaster, um, but that costs money and we don't have money. And also upgrading our microphones to give you better quality every episode, all the time, in perpetuity. So, I mean, I guess until the world ends, which eh, depending on climate change. So, that so is. So, like next year. So, feel like next year. Who fucking knows? So, that is where we are right now um so you can check that out if you would like to what is it called subscribing following paying i'm not sure patroning patroning that is uh to to patron that is launched and live uh and we'll start posting some links to that on our various social media accounts to uh to get the word out and that's my and we
1: yay yay for updates yay for having Mm -hmm. full news News pieces and yay for uh, us sounding like professionals yeah
2: basically we want to sound more professional for you guys when you're listening and we just need a little help doing that yeah
1: any other (laughs) i don't think we have any other updates all right so we've got favorite songs favorite lines our kevin McHale scale (laughs) and our deck.
2: never realized until just now
1: that is that is why i called it the kevin scale it's the kevin McHale scale
2: the kevin scale mm-hmm. got it the
1: kevin McScale.
2: kevin McHale. It's too late to change if i can name. make a
1: pun off the names i will
2: <laughs> I, I can do it
1: let's just let's just leave it there i got you all right well with that i'm going to say uh merry christmas everybody <laughs> and that's that did you missed on glee
0: At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. (coughs) Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers! 2018 nationwide average savings, underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car,
4: <laughs>
0: or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool, we know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of twenty percent when you bundle the two. Visit farmers.com or call one eight hundred Farmers to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates products not available in every state.